everybody. Welcome to Muscle Maven Radio. I'm your host, Ashley Van Houten. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're having an awesome day. I hope you enjoy my episode today with a friend of mine, an awesome human being doing some very, very cool, innovative things in the fitness world. His name is Anders Varner. Uh, And we go back because you may know Anders already as the uh, co-host and one of the big, big men on campus over there at Barbell Shrugged. Um, They are known for putting on amazing events, for doing awesome uh, fitness programs to get you jacked and swole and strong and fit. Um, They're the uh, founders of the One Ton Challenge. They're doing all kinds of big things. But we met um, back in the day, this was a couple years ago, when they another part of their work was they were creating a collective of fitness podcasters. So they were putting out all kinds of content from all different kind of walks of life in the fitness world. And um, I was one of those people. So I did a limited series with them. It was actually my first run of Muscle Maven Radio on Shrug Collective. So if you Googled like Shrug Collective, Muscle Maven Radio, whatever, it'll probably come up. And I was really proud of that work that I did with them. Um, I, did, I think I did 30 episodes and I got to interview just some of the coolest, most amazing people. You know, I was talking to athletes and um, coaches and just super smart human beings. I got to talk to um, ultra endurance runner, Courtney DeWalter, who is constantly beating dudes at these like 200 plus mile races. She's just amazing. I got to interview my friend, Devin Larratt, who happens to be the best arm wrestler in the world and got to talk to him about this very weird kind of niche sport. That's just fascinating. Um, those are just a couple. I mean, it was one of the more fun kind of periods of podcasting for me forever. And it really actually was one of the catalysts to me launching my own podcast, uh, Muscle Maven Radio, like the work that I did for them and, and seeing how fun it was and the kind of connections that I made and the things I could learn and the the content I could put out there um, with them is really one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing today. So um, I owe those guys a lot of gratitude for that. But one of the things that they're doing right now that's so crazy and cool and innovative and new is they have developed a series of fitness programs that they will be launching exclusively at Walmart which to my knowledge has never happened before. And anybody who shops at Walmart, you know, they've got their little like fitness section, right? Where you can buy protein powder and supplements and maybe some like workout gear and stuff like that. Um, Now they're going to be able to get everything that they need, including some direction and some understanding around what they should be doing in the gym. It's like a one-stop shop. Um, And what they're doing is they're creating these cards, like, you know, um, like at the checkout, you can get like Starbucks gift cards that you can redeem, right? It's like that, except you get this sort of code that you go online and and you can download and access the online program. So it's really unique. And they sent me these programs to check out and look through, and they're super impressive. I mean, these guys are known for this, so they know what they're doing, but it has recipes, it has nutrition information, it has super um, progressive, scalable uh, programs that really can move the needle for you. I've been doing some of the workouts and I'm like, this is impressive. Like this is amazing stuff that you would not expect to be able to access at a place like Walmart. So, um, they're making this stuff just more accessible to the masses. They're making it more available. They're making it more widespread. Um, and I am here for it. So Anders and I chat about that, but we also, you know, just kind of just kind of catch up and and chat and be bros and talk about fitness stuff. So, you know, we get into his background and how he came to be doing the work that he's doing. And we talk about CrossFit, you know, the games had just kind of ended when we were chatting. So we had to 
delve into that a little bit. Um, and we also talk about the transition because this is something that I think we're all either dealing with or considering dealing with in the near future is sort of this transition maybe from um, high level or obsessive fire breather athlete to a well-rounded human being who has other responsibilities, right? Like it's one thing, and I'm not knocking it, we were all there, but it's one thing to be 21 and focused entirely on your fitness or your athletic performance. But when you have a family, when you have kids, when you have maybe a a different job or different priorities and you can't spend every minute trying to be the strongest person in the gym, tracking your macros to the uh, 1%, you know, how do we do that transition? Because so often it's black and white, right? It's like either this is your number one priority and you live and breathe fitness or you give up entirely because it's easy to live on the extremes. It really is. It's a lot harder to find that balance and, and determine how can I look great, feel great, be strong, um, be crushing it in the gym and do the things that make me feel good, but not have it take up my entire life. You know, that's ultimately, I think what a lot of us are trying to find. And so we talk about that a lot. Um, I really hope that you find some value in it. Definitely go check out Barbell Shrug. They've got great, uh, great guests on their podcast, myself included. Of course, I had a fun chat with them recently talking about organ meats. I think I blew their mind a little bit, um, maybe scared them a little bit too, which I love. Um, but I think that they're open to the idea of trying some, some nose to tail recipes. So I'll have to check in on them with that, but, uh, yeah, go check them out on, um, Instagram, barbellshrug.com. I'll put all the, uh, ways you can find them in the show notes. And, um, as always, you know, let me know what you think of the episode. If you have any guest ideas, topic ideas, anything you want to hear from me, send me a message. You can send me a direct email. You can send me a DM on social media. Um, I want to hear from you. I want to make this a conversation. So without further ado, enjoy my chat with the awesome Anders Varner. Let's stop. Let's stop wasting time talking while we're not. Hold recording. on. Before we do this, do you want me to? Um, it's too late. I'm recording. So what do you want? I was going to ask <laughs> if you wanted me to record a separate audio file. I think these down. I think these uh, download okay. separately. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, time is money. And if we're talking and not recording, what's even the point? I try not to even have unrecorded conversations anymore. Yeah. If two podcasters talk and there's no recording equipment, are they even saying anything? If you the get answer in, is no. Yeah. If you get in a fight with your spouse and it's not recorded, is it even a fight? I don't think that's admissible in yeah. court, but we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> AV squared, right? Getting that together. Is, no big yeah. deal. We made um, it. Yeah, we made it. So you're in your home, awesome home gym right now. This is my home gym. Do you that, do the video? Should I put a? Should I either take my shirt off or put a nice one on? Either take your shirt off or put four shirts on. That's the rule. But this is going to actually be on YouTube, so cool. you know, whatever. Um, um, do you record in your gym? Like, is it good audio in there? Or is that just kind of like a quiet place with no baby running around? This is, well, there's no baby running around. She's at daycare right now, but this is like my man. Everyone that comes in here is like, holy shit, you're more than like, what do you, you're, what is this? Because I have like studio lights. I'm hanging all of my studio lights this weekend. Um, and then I have a beautiful squat rack. All my weights are like really nice and mm -hmm. colored and they hang on the wall and everything's symmetrical. So they know when they at least see the gym that it's a little bit more than, oh, you like to do fitness. 
It's like, yeah. you like to do fitness with studio lights and beautiful colored barbells and $1,500 uh, Aleiko stuff. All right. And, all right. Showing off now. Yeah, I get it. I, I get that you have This cool is my equipment. dojo. This is like, this is, this is, I take a lot of pride in it. Every night I, or every week I have to come out here and I have to like, I like move family stuff out of the way. I clear out my thing, but it's like. One thing that I miss so much about being in the gym is just being in the gym. Like, mm -hmm. that's just my happy place where all my friends are and what I like to do. So when they shut it down, I had to kind of create my own happy place, which takes a long time. I think that- And a lot of money. Yeah. Because um, originally when you were creating this awesome home gym, there was there was sort of the idea that this was going to be like a community space too, right? Like people were going to come over and do workouts with you and hang out. Like this isn't just for you. Yeah. I mean, I want my neighbors to come over and train with me and like hang out and have kind of like a little dojo for dads to show up and be a part of this. Moms can come too, but um, yeah. The, but when the world shut down... The gym's closed. Um, and something that's like hard about home gyms and why I think a lot of people just like fail at them most of the time is there's like a real vibration, I feel, to having a home gym. And the only way to create that is by working your ass off and sweating in it and being in it and doing it as much as possible. And if you like have weights in your house, but you're not you just like go in there but it's like your house that mm -hmm. has weights in it versus like this is my gym and this has to feel like a gym i think that that's the big difference in in succeeding or failing in the home gym life yeah. um like i see some people when they're like in their like new york city apartment or studio or whatever it is and it's like you can't really like work out in that space they're making it work but swinging kettlebells in your kitchen yeah. you got to change the vibration of that space to being yeah. like a fitness spot. I agree with you. I mean, I have a pretty decent gym set up here in Canada, not as fancy as yours, but like decent. I've got like a rogue pull-up bar and I've got all kinds of like heavy dumbbells and I've got an assault bike and, but right. it, it still isn't the same kind of vibe. And I learned this when yeah. COVID hit that as much as I say I'm an introvert and I don't really actually want to be around people that much, I actually very much want to be around people, not necessarily yeah. even engaging with them, but just being yeah. with other people. And so I, like you said, I'm sort of like making it work maintenance mode at the gym at home because I have all of this sort of uh, gym muscle maturity. I've been doing it for so long. I can go in there and like figure it out and like make it yeah. happen but we're talking maintenance like i'm not making gains in my home gym because i just don't feel like it like i don't it's not the same vibe totally. at all um okay before we get any further into talking about your gross shoulder injury and all the stuff that you're ah! doing um yeah <laughs> i would love because this is kind of a cool interesting reversal i don't think i've ever interviewed you um but no we, that's messed up it is weird i know i'm sorry L better late than never but Right. But we met through podcasting, of course, and yeah. then we had a super fun uh, run where I was a part of your awesome uh, community at Shrug yeah. Collective. And so we can kind of talk about a little bit of that background, but I'd kind of cool. like to hear like what your elevator pitch is for like what you do. Uh, oh, when people come in, um, I tell them that I run a strength and conditioning company and that makes sense to them now. I think that... Mm -hmm. It makes sense uh, a little bit. Usually the next question is like, what does that mean? And I go, well, we 
run YouTube channels and um, podcasts and we sell training programs online. And I think in 2020, that makes more sense than maybe 2018, 2016. Um, it's so obvious now when you go on social media, I don't even, social media only exists for politics and selling fitness, I think. Yep. I'm sure there's other people, I don't know who they are, but everyone is selling a program and everyone's got a free resource and then they've got an opinion about politics. Does Those this like make you, does this make you, that is boiled down very succinctly and I think correctly, but does that make you more or less uh, kind of jaded about the work that you're doing? Because that's what you're doing too. Is it just like, well, I'm going to do it better. So then that works or what? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's actually a really good question. Cause I don't really like it in that. I don't like any time I am fighting for airspace towards a very small group of people with how many times do you go and like, you go on Instagram and you like hit the search or explore button. And like this person pops up and you're like, who the hell is this? And then you click on their profile. It's like, they have 637,000 people. You're like, I know everyone in this industry that is important. And that person has over a half a million followers. Who, yeah. who are these people? And like, what in the world is that? Like, is that I, know, <laughs> I know all the scientists. I really do. Okay, but I, people aren't just following scientists on Instagram. Obviously, no, they're but following I, butts and ass. I, I understand that. And what I know all the athletes. I know all the, the exercise phys scientists. I know all the Andy Galpins. I know all the – like, I, I know them. And then I – and then there's some random person with a six-pack, and you're like, what what is this person doing? Click, 730,000 people. You go, huh? Yeah. How? What do they do? And they download my 21 day core and glute program. You go, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I all most of that I just as a whole, I just don't my my personal values don't really align with it. That's not really where I want to spend my time. Um, it is like a necessary. It's not even a necessary evil. It's just necessary. Um, but as a person and the things that I like to do, I like to write and writing is really hard on Instagram because mm -hmm. it, you're not really allowed to dig into anything super deep. Um, I really enjoy writing like <clears throat> emails and articles. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten to the book phase yet. I've had a lot of ideas about books, but I haven't gotten there. Um, so that's the stuff that I really enjoy doing and i feel like i do a much it, it aligns with me much more that i get to like actually dig into a subject and do the work that i want to do um and i can do it many times a week it doesn't and i don't have to i the thing that i think is the most unhealthy about instagram is i can like i'll write two thousand words in a day and i'm super proud of it and then i hit the close the google doc and I feel great. And I'm like, ah, kind of, oh, I should probably do like an Instagram story. It's like the last thing on my mind when I'm doing real work. 
And then I'm like, oh, I have to like re go back into creative space, but I have to do it in like a junky way. Yeah. Like I have to do it in like a trashy way. I worry about, cause obviously I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm a writer and I like to actually communicate. I mean, I like pretty shiny things and butts as much as the next person, but like, yeah. I actually want to like have real conversations and like actually teach people and actually learn. And that's why I was like a Twitter person before I like grudgingly got on Instagram. And now Twitter's like even more a place for politics and misery. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I've been worried actually recently as somebody who I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be the 600,000 follower person because I am not doing the things that gets people 600,000 followers. So I've kind of come to terms with the fact that like, I've got this modest, but very engaged community. And that's how I communicate about the podcast and the book and the things that are important to me. But I've kind of started to think about because there's all this like censorship and other issues, like I'm what would happen if tomorrow my Instagram account got shut down because I talked about eating meat a little bit too much or whatever people don't like these days? Like, how would I then pivot and communicate what I'm doing, especially in today's world where I can't go to events, I can't host my own events, I can't go places, I can't do things. Like, what would I do? Like, what would what would you do if your social media was shut down tomorrow for your Uh, work? Like, what would you do? Yeah, I would be... I would actually be more productive. Our email list is yeah, okay. many, many times the size of uh, our Instagram following. And it's where I spend all my time. It's, it's where I have the biggest connection with our audience, actually. I, um, it's not like a point of contention, but it's something we talk about all the time. Look, I'm a dad. I don't want, and Instagram's addicting as hell. Like it's real. I, I don't do what, I'm okay. I'm not somebody that's going to sit here and lie to you and go, Oh, I, I've got a hold on it. I, I don't yeah. at all. Like, I'd like to think I'm not some junkie, but at the same time, there's times where like, I'll leave my phone in my room. So I'm not on it. And then I'm like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom upstairs. And I grab my phone and I look for 27 minutes. And you're like, this is stupid. Like, I'm not perfect by any means. I don't even know if I'm good. I don't even know if I'm okay. I don't know where on the spectrum I fit compared to the worst offenders, but yeah, it sucks. And I, if I could choose not to do it, I would not, if I didn't have a business, I would delete that mess so quickly. Um, my wife doesn't do it really at all. And she, she feels no, like she's missing nothing. No, she's um, not. And, but yeah, I think, I think my personal page somewhat matters in that it is a really easy way to connect with people. It's the lowest buy-in to saying hello. I love when people reach out and say the shows help them. I love when, <clears throat> I love to have that access. Um, but I've also gotten to the point where it's like, Instagram is a business for Instagram or for Facebook and they want you to spend money there. So is it more important for me to tap the algorithm and put up my 15 stories a day and make sure I'm posting one to two times a day with something creative that gets a lot of likes, or do I give them 250 bucks a month and say, put this post. That's a really good post in front of as many people as possible and do it. So that's what I do. I pay for it because I just don't want to be on it all the time. But at the same time, I want to have the interaction. I want to have the access to the people that want to connect, which is great. Do you, so you're saying you do formal Instagram and Facebook advertising? 
uh, I only, my, it's, it's like me personally, it's not, this is like, I guess it's all tied to the business, but it's more, okay. So through the business, we have lead magnets in order to get people on our, our list in which we have a decent budget that we, uh, spend on a monthly basis to, to bring in new, new people where we give away free, uh, 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 on training and education and, and that's given away. And then on, uh, my personal side, I just take the top posts, the posts that I think are really important that define who I am and how I feel about training. And I just boost those posts on a monthly basis to get them in front of people as like the highest level buy-in to wanting to be a part of what I do. Most of those people have seen or heard of Barbell Shrugged and have followed the show for a while. Um, so they already feel a connection. They just probably haven't gone out and looked specifically for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really just feel like Instagram is just a, a great way, a great tool for somebody that pays attention to what I do. Um, and I would never know who they are because I just can't go meet all the people, but, um, it allows them the, uh, an easy access point to just say, Hey, I appreciate your show. It helped me do this. And, um, that's awesome. I love that part. Mm -hmm. It's the explore bar and I unfollowed everybody. I muted them all. Their stories. Oh, muting posts. is my favorite thing. <laughs> I got rid of all of them. Thing. I I only look at uh, myself and it's only one post. If you mute everybody, you only look at your most recent post. I even muted our own business because once you start muting people, then all of a sudden it's the same people over and over again. So I have yeah. zero people that I pay attention to. Would that take Except a long the people like when I want to go. See uh, what I'm like, doing. Yeah. No. Well, that's exactly what it yeah. is. It's like, yeah. oh, I wonder what Ashley's up to. And then I'll go look at your top 15 posts, scroll through it. And I'm like stoked. Sorry, and then I yeah. go back to my life. Can you, so can you just blanket mute everyone? Or did you have to go through, I, this is becoming like a social media how-to, but like, how do you yeah. do that? You just unfollow everyone that you don't actually want. Yes. And then you, uh, then you go through. So I got the follows down to like 80 and then it was really easy. Okay. That's amazing. I'm going to definitely start doing that. I feel like for like business purposes, okay, I don't think that it has to be bad. Like I just personally, um, I know people that crush it on Instagram and want to be on at nine plus 10 hours a day. And it's great. Cause that's where their whole business runs out of, but I just don't want to be on it when I'm home with my family. I don't, want to feel obligated to do it i don't but mm -hmm. it has it's ha it definitely has a, a, a positive side yeah tell me a little bit about how because you know one of the interesting things i found during the pandemic are, is obviously a lot of people are suffering um you know through their business or financially and all of these things and then some people have managed to pivot or take advantage or whatever of what they're doing and have done better and are busier and are making more money. I mean, I'm kind of one of those people, I got to say, for all of the misery that I feel like this situation is putting a lot of us in, I've been busier than ever. I've been more productive than ever. It's great. Um, but how have you guys kind of pivoted or changed at all, if any, because you, you were always kind of an online business. I mean, you know, I yeah. know you had the one ton challenge and you guys were traveling a lot and doing things, but how did things change for you work-wise? Um, 
and the most public thing is that our show is now on Zoom instead of in person, which we went down to Arkansas last week and did them in person. And it felt so good not to be on a computer talking to people. Um, you just like super notice the vibe in the room is so positive and happy and all the hanging out that goes on in person is really the benefit of having a podcast. Like if I was in year one, two, three of being an entrepreneur and I was super, um, interested in like starting a podcast, this is perfect. Like doing it online is perfect because then I can pinpoint the specific people that I want to talk to and I can pinpoint all the questions that I want to ask them about getting from like step one in entrepreneurship to step two and step three. And if I was a trainer, I could ask all these questions about things that I didn't know. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't learn things like that still. And like, there aren't people that I want to work with and talk to and all that, but it's, um, I feel like those like tactical things are a lot, fewer after a decade plus mm -hmm. and now you just what i i learned the most from is being around people so when you take the being around people part out of it i feel like my learning about the that secret sauce like the 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 energy of the room and how people make you feel and like the little little things that people do is what i pick up on the most when i'm when i'm i guess you call it like learning from them um you don't get that because we're we're on here for 60 90 120 minutes we talk we hang out we have fun but it's it's, it's very like almost like transactional of like mm -hmm. i am looking for information i ask you the question you give me the information where if i sit down and i'm able to like go out to lunch with you mm -hmm. i don't have to ask this like super direct question you're just gonna tell me because we all loosen up and we build trust um and we've trained together we've done that stuff so that part's been um a massive transition that i it's not that i don't like it it's just different and um i have like a smaller window to like figure stuff out and and get a vibe for people mm -hmm. um on the business side we had to pivot massively but because the business is relatively well established we've got a good sized email list um we have a graphic designer we we're able to pivot pivot from like very long term uh training programs uh to ebooks and putting out smaller price point products um which actually was a massive benefit that our audience many people on a specific uh class not class but like people that buy our programs um i feel like many of them ended up having more money in the pandemic because we were getting checks from the government as well as everybody kept their jobs not everybody but many people kept their jobs it was a lot of the market that we will be talking to um through the the walmart stuff that really lost their job that working class uh, where events got shut down so there was no more vendors that um there's no more ticket salesman people there's no like that whole part of the economy completely got shut down Whereas us, we're online, we're digital, we sell $50 training programs. And most people looked at that and they were like, oh, I just got a stimulus check from the government. Like I'm going to buy dope training programs and deck out my garage gym. Mm -hmm. 
Do you feel like there's been any kind of like cycle? I mean, I know there's seasonal cycles where people are more or less interested in getting fit, but do you find that through the pandemic? Like, I feel like I've noticed that there were periods maybe at the beginning, like there's like the initial terror. Everyone's like, we're going to die. It's the zombie apocalypse. Then there was like, oh, we're home and we're kind of feeling it out, but I'm still very like, uh, energized to be productive and then there's sort of like a yeah. slump that happens and then maybe it's coming back up but like have you found that people are starting to hit a saturation point of like i don't want to buy another at-home program i don't want to do anything i just want to like sit down and watch netflix yeah. it's over like and how do you deal with that as a business owner how do you deal with people just becoming just overwhelmed or turned off or whatever about life in general much less self-improvement yeah well people got sold to more in the last eight months than ever before. I mean, yeah. maybe not ever before, but definitely hardcore getting sold to knowing that everyone was sitting there on their phone, on their computer. I bet internet just in general, like internet grew by what? 40% all of a sudden kids are sitting at home. Could you imagine if you had to go to school and they, they put a computer in front of you and they couldn't see what was on your screen but all you had to do was be like tuned in. I would have been on Facebook all day long, just chatting away, never paying attention to school. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I imagine people are really tired of it. I think most of that comes down to those just like really being innovative and just coming up with some new stuff. Like we had our best selling product in like really of the last couple of years, our best launch. Um, was our Imam aesthetics stuff, which was 20 minute simple, get in, get out. And it just smashed because it met people where they were at. They were at home. They didn't have a gym. They didn't have, you know, hour, hour and a half to go sit at the gym. And then um, we came up with a, basically like a hypertrophy training program that was 20 to 30 minutes long. And it crushed because it just, that's where people were. And that's where maybe not like just during pandemic, but that's where our audience is at right now. They've gone from meatheads that found barbell shrugged and wanted to get super jacked and play CrossFit to they're like parents now and yeah. they're all in their thirties and that's awesome. So being authentic and coming up with some innovative ways to design training programs, I think is the, the secret. Um, and then having that base level. So like because of the pandemic and we had to get away from our long-term training programs, it's forced us to come up with a lot of the products that we should have had for a long time. Like, why don't we have, we, we, we never even had like six training, six CrossFit training programs bundled together to eat all of our CrossFit audience. It's like, seems ridiculous. Right. But mm -hmm. we, we get to create that now and, and have fun with it and make it like, uh, in the new year, um, coming up with, um, like programs specific to dads because that's me. Dad that's bot. who I am. Yeah, yeah but like we're it. changing it. We're not. Please. Dad bot, I, dad bounce, dad bot sounds too negative. Yeah. I never accepted that. Like when everybody diesel was dad. like, you want you. to be the diesel dad. You don't like want to be the, the, the dad bot. I hate that because it's like, it just assumes it's you're sloppy. Yeah. It's the same thing with mom bot. It's just, it's like, but it's, you know, that is a whole other rabbit hole we could get down about like the acceptance 
yeah. you know, movement or not or whatever. And like the difference between accepting who you are and loving who you are and still wanting to get better if people. It's so everything's so polarizing, right? Like the whole like fat acceptance movement where it's like, it has to Terrifying. be one or the other. Yeah. You either have to accept yourself as obese and love yourself and stay that way and be happy forever. Or you have to hate yourself and try to look like a fitness model. Of course, there's a massive area in the middle where you and healthy is in the middle. Exactly. But you should, of course, love, try, try your best to love yourself at every place because we all know that, you know, telling yourself you're fat and sloppy yeah. and, horrible and horrible doesn't, isn't super motivating, but like, it totally. doesn't have to be one thing or the other. I mean, the mom bod's the same thing. Instead of just, you know, accepting that our bodies change as we get older, uh, you know, know that you can still improve and still feel good and still be strong. And it's not like you either give up or you don't, you know, I just, I, I hate that. Anyway, diesel yeah. dad's much cooler. Yeah. And that's, I, I, it's the thing that I recognize and identify with the most for myself. Cause I mean, to think that you're like, to think that your nutrition in living a life where you have one to three children running around your house and you're just going to like perfectly macro every meal is the most insane thing ever. I actually like, I hate the dad bod thing. I hate it a lot because I, it like allows you to feel sorry for yourself mm. and it doesn't, you just go, Oh, well, this is what I have. It's like, no, why don't we put a positive word in front of that of like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the Jack dad. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's mm -hmm. way cooler. Yeah. I may not have perfectly macroed meals and I may have to go to a birthday party and eat birthday cake, which is totally heinous, but like, Delicious. I have higher level responsibilities than making sure that I'm the most like small waisted, big shouldered person in the game. And dude, I'm on Instagram with my shirt off all the time. And I'm probably, I'm eight day, I'm eight pounds, seven this morning, seven pounds away from the last weight that I walked on to the competition floor for CrossFit. And that was five years ago now six years ago now. So in six years, it's eight pounds. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's also in being a fitness professional, like it's hard. You know what I also feel is like, so depressing about that dad bod or mom bod thing is like, it gives you an out to say I'm taking the day off. There's like no personal accountability that I just did something to, to be better. You just accept this is how I am. And there's no, there's no, there's no way to move forward from it. You're just accepting like, oh, there's just all of us together in this fight to the middle. This is who we are now. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Like I'm 35. Great. And it's like, no, like I, you don't have to do that. This makes me so mad. All of my girl, cause we're all in our mid thirties now. Right. And all my girlfriends who are like, you know, well, my knees just hurt now because I'm I'm old. I'm like, no, are you they don't. fucking kidding me? First of all, speak for yourself because yeah. I'm the same age and I've been squatting. Totally. I had like a mini fight with one of my non-fitness girlfriends because I posted some like video of me like doing some, actually you should do this. It's so horrible. It's like the worst workout ever. So you'd probably like it, but it's basically like a one mile walk and you're carrying, I think like 240 pounds in various ways, like Sick. heavy dump, heavy uh, kettlebells and a big pack and you're dragging a thing. I, I attempted it like as obviously scaled version with like 120 pounds. It was like the worst thing ever. Crushed me. I did anyway. it with a hundred pound sandbag, like 
a month ago and it crushed me. It was great. The worst. So anyway, yeah. I'm posting this because I'm like, this is so hard. It was so much fun. And some asshole like posted like, oh, your knees are going to be ruined, whatever. And I was like, all right. And like my girlfriend liked that comment instead of my post. And I was like, bitch, excuse me. First of all, yeah. first of all, support me. Second yeah. of all, second of all, I am the one who's been actually lifting heavy for the last 20 years. And yeah. I'm one out of the two of us that does not have knee problems. So what is that telling you? It's actually inactivity. The concept of just giving up because you're old at 35. I'm like, I don't have any of those pains and I work out hard every day. So yeah. like maybe reevaluate your concept of aging and what is old and when to just give up and like uh, accept the pain for the rest of your life. That's crazy. So brutal, right? I, it drives me insane. And I actually created like that. It like the diesel dad is my like superhero that I had that like part of being in this game for a long time is like your identity is tied to weightlifting. But if your identity is tied to weightlifting of the 27 to 32 year old CrossFit athlete that was living that life, well, you're going to have trashy knees because you're living in the past trying to chase somebody that was like only focused on that, that didn't have kids, that didn't have um, adult things to do, like that didn't have a mortgage, that didn't have a wife. So much of, I mean, I got up to 205, uh, six to eight months after my daughter was born, which is like, in a way, it's like pretty sloppy, but I was sleeping three to five hours a night, um, running a business and, and doing a, a, a bunch of things that don't really equate to like, counting calories. And, um, you know, I'm still training on that sleep deficit and still doing what I do. It's just, life is different for those six months. And one day I just woke up and I was 205. I stepped on the scale and I was like, well, this is done. And I got down to like 191. And now I'm at like 192 and I wake up 192, 193 every day because it's just like a consistent awareness. But people don't realize how simple it is to, and this is why I really want to put these like diesel dad challenge workout stuff, things together in the new year. I don't really know exactly what it looks like. But I want to simplify the process for people like me because I have I, I I get it now. If you had told me three four years ago, like I associate more with Gen Pop people now than I associate with athletes by like a million fold. Like I get it. I haven't worked out in eight days because my shoulders all jacked up, and I have that antiness of like man, this, I don't want to get into a habit of not working out. I don't want to get into this like comfortable feeling where I don't have to do things and it'll be okay because 10 days turns into 20 to 50 to a year to two years. And now all of a sudden you're just soft and you're, you have this, the, the bad part of the dad bod, like you don't want that. It, it's terrifying to me to fall into bad habits. Um, but I, I just want people to understand how easy it is if you just put in, you know, a little bit of time and a little bit of awareness and, and do things with intent that you don't have to do the influencers 90 day, two hour long training session, full body get like it, that that's a, you're not that person. So don't do that person's stuff. Yeah. Do what I do, which is 30 minutes 
three to five times a week. And I go for a run once a week. Like it's under an hour every time I get in, I get out, I lift weights. I, I know how to do it well. So it's efficient. It's effective. And I don't have to be in the gym. I don't like, I love the gym, but I don't want to be there working on my body doing this mess. I just want, I want the fact that I live an active life with my family to be an overwhelming majority of the fitness that we talk about. And then on my own, I want to be able to do some sort of walking to clear my brain and give myself some space away from work and, and loud noises and internets and phones and, and all that. So that's that notice. That's not, I need to go get my non-exercise activity thermogenesis for the day and make sure I get my 10,000 steps. No, I need some space. So I go get space. And then for like 30 minutes, I pick up heavy shit because I like picking up heavy shit and it's fun. And it's just, it's like, it's my thing. Mm -hmm. That's like the sport I get to play, but all of my fitness should be being outside running and playing with my family and all of my non-exercise walking and all all this just like me clearing my head. But we, we sell it to people in a terrible way of like, here's your Fitbit. Make sure you get 10,000 steps. Go, why? Oh, because, you know, it's the best way to burn fat. And then it's like, then we got to ha- we have to go layer on this like gnarly training program on top of it. And then we have to layer on like the mindfulness. Like we just feed people so much stuff that's unattainable. It's, it's, there's, it lacks intent mm-hmm. and you're just chasing something that you'll never get to because you don't have a, a well- there, there isn't like a system to it. And, and that's where people get lost and frustrated. And then next thing you know, they just quit. Okay, everybody, just a couple quick minutes. Let me tell you about today's show sponsor. Don't fast forward my favorite people, Ancestral Supplements. Has there ever been a company that spoke more to my soul I don't think so. These guys are very on board with the nose to tail movement and the concept that eating the whole animal, guts and all, is the healthiest and most sustainable natural way to do it. They also know that maybe it isn't the most practical thing in the world to just eat kidneys and brains and hearts all day, like I do a lot of the time, if we're being honest. So they've conveniently processed and desiccated these high quality animal superfoods into pill form for those of you who, you know, aren't maybe ready for a tongue sandwich yet. And no, that is not me being dirty. I literally made a buffalo tongue sandwich the other day, and it was delicious, but that's a whole other topic. Anyway, they have a huge range of offerings from beef liver to a combination of, of beef organs to heart to kidney to bone marrow, tallow, collagen, lung, you name it. Um, and all of them kind of address specific needs or micronutrient requirements Um And you can kind of pick and choose and and play with them depending on what you need. And you can reach out to them directly and ask, and they will be happy to give you more information. They're super transparent. Look, I'm one of those people who actually eats organ meat, but when I'm not eating it as much, because maybe I don't have any in my fridge, I'm traveling, I'm just not feeling it, um, I use their supplements. And look, I'm just being honest. I haven't had a cold in years. I've got pretty good health and blood markers and all that stuff. And I really believe that that is in large part due to my nutrient dense diet. So if you want to give their products a try, go over there, uh, ancestralsupplements.com or use the link in the show notes, uh, reach out to them on Instagram at ancestral supplements, tell them I sent you seriously. If you send them an email or a message on social media, they will get back to you. They're amazing like that. So go check them out and use the code Maven 10 for a discount. 
Um, I would start, I would recommend starting with either the beef organ complex or the beef liver, just because you're going to get the most bang for your buck nutritionally. But they, like I said, have all kinds of options. So go and figure it out for yourself, learn a little bit, ask some questions and give it a shot, right? I mean, you really can't lose. So jump on the meathead bandwagon with me, guys. Check out Ancestral Supplements, use the code MAVEN10. And now back to this amazing interview that I just interrupted. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things you touched on there that I want to like get into. And one is the idea of, like you said, awareness and consistency. And it's something I've talked about during this whole period of, uh, craziness that, you know, I'm like you said, I'm maybe like 10 pounds off plus some water weight, what I look like when I was competing and I'm doing yeah. the bare minimum, but I have also done 20 years of consistently showing up and yeah. caring about this stuff so that I don't have to do the 90 day shred from whoever on Instagram. And I don't have yeah. to watch, watch my macros every minute. I just have this sort of baseline of like, this is part of my life. This isn't a, you know, 12 week to get to the end goal. This is just what I'm going to do. And so my bare yeah. minimum is still just showing up and caring about my health. But I think the other thing is this idea of like nuance and context. And like you said, uh, people go on Instagram and they see a professional athletes, like, you know, 90 day shred workout and they do it, but they're not a professional athlete. Your lifestyle isn't that of a professional yeah. athlete. You don't have the support of that a professional athlete would have, but we think because we have this like overexposure to these people, we think that we should be able to do what they're doing totally. and live like they're living and look like they look. Yeah. Um, but how do we, you know, contextualize that with, because people look at things as black and white, they're like, I either want to look like this fitness model on Instagram because they tell me I can do it or I give up like yeah. one or the other. Right. Because it's just not sexy to sell the idea that you have to just consistently take care of yourself yeah. forever. You know, like no one wants, no one wants that training plan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, so when do I stop this? Oh, like, Oh, never. <laughs> like the day after you die. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, Oh, that's cool. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not easy. Um, okay. But let's take a quick little aside because you've mentioned CrossFit a couple of times. What do you think about how they're doing it this year? I don't even pay attention to be honest with you. Okay. They're, they're scrambling to get where they're going. They, they need to have it. They're probably doing a great job for all the resources that they have. Um, doing it on a private farm, which is, just happens to be the original location. Um, yeah, I don't, it's not that I don't associate with CrossFit at all. Um, I know it exists. I know it's there. It just is a thing. Um, and to think that I'm going to be able to keep track. It takes you, I know this for a fact. I used to play fantasy football with my friends which meant that I had to like somewhat pay attention to the NFL. And then I realized that I was spending my Sundays, which is like the only day off you have in the fitness industry. And you don't even have to take that off because typically you want to go like cleanse your body and your soul and go to the gym and like work out. So you actually don't ever take a day off. You're always talking or thinking or doing gym things. Um, but I noticed that I was spending like my only day to myself or my wife or whatever, like watching football. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I could ever be doing right now. And I stopped playing fantasy football that year. It takes you one season before you are completely dumb to everything that goes on in the NFL. 
So to think that I know who these like 23 year old freaks of nature are that all look the same with their giant muscles and their perfectly shaved chests, you know how to like dif differentiate yourself in CrossFit? Like just don't shave your chest. Like, oh, that's the guy that has hairy chest. Cool. I know him. I can't um, that. Yeah, I know that guy. Um, yeah, like there's just no possible way to keep track of all these guys that look the exact same. And now all the girls look the exact same and they're all so freakishly good at what they do. And in order to be freakishly good at what you do in CrossFit, you just have to be a five foot nine to five foot 10 guy that does that looks a certain way. So everyone looks the same. Everyone has the same times and Matt Frazier and T are still going to win. Yeah. It's been boring for the last, what, like 14 years with Matt Frazier just being so much better than everyone else that it's not even fun to watch. I mean, I was mostly inquiring about like the way it's the way it's being put on during the pandemic. Cause it's certainly not yeah. viewer friendly. Like I, I, you know, I normally like to watch the games cause it's just, again, it's like a freak show of like amazing yeah. muscles. I like to watch it. I um, love watching the documentaries, yeah. but look, I, to have an opinion, your opinion almost would have to decide a separate outcome. And at this point, it doesn't matter. You could do it in a rock cave and Frazier and T are still going to win. It doesn't matter. So like you can, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, I actually love, I mean, strength sports are this way though. Like the same person wins Olympia six years in a row all the time. Like once you get to have the body and the engine and the things that you need to get there, the genetic freakiness, you're able to maintain that level of excellence for many years and you're untouchable. Um, it happens at Olympia all the time where you don't just win one, you win five. Um, the goal is to, it's like, can you win nine? Mm -hmm. Like, can you go into the untouchable land? Um, the strongest man in the world, like, I'm going to bot butcher his name, but Zidrunas, mm -hmm. like he's been the strongest man. In the, like he may lose here and there, but he's one of the best all time. And he wins all the time still. Um, once you're just that strong, once you're just that freaky, and once you're that genetically predis predispositioned to do that specific sport that you didn't know that you were born to do on the day you were born, you just win for many years and right now tia may not lose for like another six years and the way that women strength athletes develop she may win like 10 because i know women that just get stronger and stronger and stronger as they age it's crazy but yeah. guys we die off fast yeah yeah true true um okay i'm kind of i'm kind of i'm kind of honestly over talking about crossfit it's great it's cool they have yeah it's like a thing it's fine but um let's talk about the programs that you are have created for walmart because this right. is crazy first of all congratulations crazy. thank you um but this is like the kind of the first of its kind right that you're doing like this really hasn't sort of been done before so talk me through that uh yeah so i'm putting on tights and i'm gonna be billy blanks karate chopping living rooms not Amazing. really i wish not really unless they give me that big house that billy blanks lives in right now then maybe <laughs> you can still um, do a promotional video to that effect that would be fun oh i gotta send you our promo video we just cut it yesterday because we just got it back and uh yeah i'll send it to you it's fantastic Sweet. um i'm so excited about it um yeah so i 
when speaking of CrossFit, this is how much I'm not really a part of it. Uh, the biggest, coolest event of the year is not the CrossFit Games, really. It's Wadapalooza when mm. the entire world is frozen and everybody wants to warm up. So they go to a fitness competition in Miami and it's the most fun competition ever because it's warm, it's Miami, mm -hmm. people are partying, it's great. There's like some people working out, but really it's like, oh my God, Party. I've been in a parka for the last four months. And now I get to wear like my sports bra and I'm taking my shirt off. I got my special tan and I didn't get to go to it this year um, because I got invited uh, to go to this thing called the FitOps Foundation in Northwest Arkansas. You can imagine trading in Miami for Northwest Arkansas in early February is not really like the most, you're not like, like super uh, pumped about it. Yeah. Um, but I was, it was a very trusted resource by the name of John Cena that said, you want to go do this? Um, so when he says you want to go do this, I typically want to go do this. Um, and I got invited to go speak down there just about a life in fitness and what the Fit FitOps Foundation is, is a, um, it's a nonprofit for military vets that have PTSD and those military vets are not just transitioning out of the military, but they're transitioning out of the military and specifically want to get into the fitness industry, which is why I got invited down to kind of tell them about the fitness space, what they can expect once they get out, how hard it is, and you know what's, what's really gonna lead you to be a survivor in this game. And we brought the equipment, Doug came down and all this stuff. And what I heard was like the most crazy PTSD just, I never have like faced it face like I, my most, my closest, closest experience is like the 22 push up today. And I don't even do them. I'm just like, Oh, that's like a thing. Cool. Like I don't really have anybody in the military, in my family, I don't really have anybody with PTSD. I don't really get it. And when I went down there, we did like seven shows before I even had my talk and it straight up leveled me like very very ag not aggressive but intimate accounts of why these people have brain issues that they struggle with and why their brain tells them that it's okay to kill themselves and that the world would be a better place without them and you don't really understand that or comprehend it until you feel somebody when you like turn a microphone over to somebody and they tell you the depths of bad things that have happened to them and then seven of those happen and I'm like 13 10 to 13 hours deep of why this organization exists and then they say uh you have to go speak to them now and you go oh god like what am I gonna say that is gonna help these people at all and I have like a very general thing that I've done to like, I've like done this talk to Equinox trainers, to trainers when people, when podcasts bring me on, it's like a, this just general approach to personal development and a general approach to business development and, and how this industry kind of works. And I got up there and I just told them that like, it's going to be hard and your life as soon as you leave here and you get your certification is only going to get harder. And the only way that you're going to survive this is to create a superhero of 
who you are right now and why all the things that have happened to you were like happen for a specific reason so that you could be successful after they all happen to you because you have to you have to find a way to build the courage to go out and just do something that's going to be insanely hard for the rest of your life and that no matter how bad it gets and how broke you are you're just it's going to work out because you were destined to do this job and help people and that's our main purpose the more people you can help the bigger the business you can grow the better your life will be um and every step along the way it's going to be hard and you have to just buy into the fact that it's supposed to be hard and if it wasn't insanely hard we would all just be fitness trainers and it would just work and we'd all be rich but it isn't like that and you shouldn't think that it's going to be easy and your certification that you're getting this weekend means nothing and it you have to go work and um the buyer for performance nutrition and all of Walmart global was there and I didn't know. And then uh, him and I shared a barbell together that night for our typical bro session, max out. You have to max out if you're hanging out with your friends, of course. Of course. Um, and it turns out that um, he is a longtime fan of the show and he knew who I was. I had no idea who he was. Um, and we had a great time. And at the end of our super bro session, uh, we were just hanging out. And I was like, dude, what do you do around here? Like, you're an awesome guy. You clearly know how to lift weights. Why? Like, what, what do you do for work? There's nothing out here in Northwest Arkansas. And he goes, oh, well, I'm the merchandising retailer for performance nutrition and all Walmart. And I was like, oh, you're like, the dude that buys all the supplements in this world and gets them to all the people at a discounted price. You're very important in strength and conditioning. And he was like, yeah, it's like super chill dude. And you would never know that there's a guy at Walmart that snatches a hundred kilos. Like you would just never know. Yeah. And um, my lovely mouth and brain connected a sentence in which I said, well, why don't you have training programs next to the protein? It doesn't seem to make sense that you're selling them supplements, but you're not selling them a solution to their problems. And he goes, well, why don't you draw it up? Tell me what it looks like and we'll see if we can make it work. So we went down the, the rabbit hole of getting into Walmart for eight months. Um, and along that way, we've had like just a ton of help from uh, the people at FitOps, which is funded by a supplement company, Performix, inside um, the Performix runs whatever the profits push down to the nonprofit. Um, and one of their biggest buyers is Walmart. Um, and it just, we just built this cool little team that like helped us do it. To be honest with you, like we got, we worked hard enough. It's, it always comes down to just hard work and pushing through a bunch of crap to get so that the universe allows it all to happen. Like I can't tell you the number of days that I just like slammed my head into my computer trying to figure out how the hell I was going to make a design to get onto the shelves that I could actually get product into and have it look nice and then 
you slam your head like enough times and one day someone goes well let me introduce you to this guy because this is the thing that he does and you go well, why didn't you tell me that and they don't tell you that because you don't you haven't worked hard enough to get there you got, you got to slam your head a couple times first yeah you had yeah. like if if it was just that easy it just everyone would have be in walmart um so we met a broker uh consultant uh down in arkansas that basically took seven months of my work and was like hey dude you did a great job this is awesome you got uh, really far down the line but we're pretty much going to throw all this out we're going to keep the core concepts of what you've got going on but um, i'm going to call these people and this is what they do is they put displays on shelves and i'm going to call these people that know how to run serial numbers so that at checkout on the receipt it prints the access code that they can get their books. And I'm going to call these people that are in charge of actually putting products on the shelf so that we know that the product is there. We can check our own inventory. And all of a sudden we had like a full team like built out, not because I know any of these people, but along the way, we just worked hard enough to get in there and, and earn these people's respect to open up these doors. Um, so we are launching in 20 stores. We're launching on walmart.com. We launch on November, uh, the second Monday of November. I believe it's November 6th. You think I would have this like printed on my forehead by now. Um, but it's really, really cool. I've never, I don't know. I'm not save the world guy. I, I, I don't think that we're going to save the world, but I'm really, really, really looking forward to the people that buy the book, that read the book, that do what the book tells them to do. And then one day I'm going to walk into Walmart and there's going to be some dad like in the aisle that's like, I can play with my kids now. And it's going to just be an awesome day um, because nobody has ever brought real strength and conditioning to the people of Walmart. Like nobody mm -hmm. has ever, how many times do you walk into like a, a Dick's Sporting Goods or a Target or a Walmart or wherever it is and you see the products that, the offerings of what these people can buy. And you go like, of course it doesn't work. It's so obvious why it doesn't work. There's, there's no information on how to use this stupid waist trainer. And even if there was, the information would be a disaster. It just, it doesn't work. And all they get sold is BS. Yeah. But now all the times that I've said that, now it's all on me, which is awesome because I know that we have great programs and I know that we can make it work. I, one of the things I love about this story, because I feel like it's something I talk about with myself a lot, of, a lot of the time is how like, how lucky people end up being who also happen to work their ass off and be consistent. Like people are like, whoa, how lucky you decided to go to Arkansas instead of Miami that one time. And this guy just saw you, how lucky for you. It's like, no, it's not luck. It's very convenient. The people who are constantly working and constantly opening themselves up and saying yeah. yes and trying new things and having new experiences and putting themselves out there are also the people who are lucky. Like yeah. you went there and did this thing and this is what came of it. Um, yeah. it's, it's not lucky that John Cena told me to go do that. I worked my ass off for six years running a gym that I thought was quality enough for people like him to walk in and feel like they were at home. Mm -hmm. And then once he showed up, for four years working my ass off to be his training partner so that in the future, in case something like a speaking opportunity opened up, which he thought I was qualified, 
he would give me the nod and say, Anders is legit. You should invite him. Like the story is, it's not a, think I'm the only person in Walmart right now that didn't have to take that dreadful flight down to Bentonville, Arkansas with like a suit coat and tie on and like pitching Pitch. my product to a bunch of people that don't understand a back squat. <clears throat> but no, the barbell just took me where I was supposed to go because I show up every day and work my ass off. And along the way, you meet enough people that know enough things and enough situations happen that the world puts you in a spot where I mean, and, and the other thing is like, had I not met those seven people with their seven stories of why this foundation exists and had I not, I would have gone in and given the like rah, rah cheer talk about how great the fitness industry is. And this is how you do it. And this is why it's great. But no, I didn't, I, it wasn't possible at that point for me to do that because that would not have been an authentic conversation to them. That's the conversation that like the Equinox people hear because they're around people that can pay a jillion dollars a month to go, but no, when you're dealing with mental health issues and you've got a long history of bad things happening to you and you're looking for a little bit of hope, it's not authentic and it's not real to go in and tell them it's going to be great. It's mm -hmm. not, it's going to be just as hard as whatever you're dealing with right now. And that's the message that, that, that our, our guy got to hear and think that's important like it's a really important piece of the story and it's you don't get i didn't get into walmart because i took the flight down i got into walmart because i have eight years of building up to it Value. to get invited to the place yep well i mean as a partner of a veteran i can speak pretty um you know relatively experienced about how important it is to have organizations like this and groups like this and and chances for people to come together and ask questions and learn because the one of the biggest things ptsd or not one of the biggest issues and this is something that is shared by all kinds of first responders but also even professional athletes is that when you become a veteran when you transition out of that life it is incredibly difficult to enter the real world and i would argue military almost more than anyone else because like yeah. you can say like we don't understand what it's like to be a professional athlete and to be a part of that kind of team and then go and be a regular person. Like we don't yeah. understand that, but I mean, it's different when you're, when you've done the things that, that military people have done and seen the things that they've seen and then coming back and trying to like, just be an average person or not be with that team anymore. Or like, deal with civilians who don't understand what you've been through and all of yeah. these things and the identity issue. Like, what do you do next? If you can't yeah. be what you were, it's incredibly um, daunting and scary and people don't understand it. They don't understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Like, just find another job. Like now you're going to have a job that's more chill and more relaxing. Good for you. Like people don't yeah. get it. So providing that kind of resource, I think is so incredibly important. Um, it's a big deal. Yeah, I think so much of why that is an issue like one the mental health side of it but two like the military um law enforcement they give you a purpose yeah it says like right on your badge protect and serve that that's your purpose that's why you're there you're in the military we fight for freedom that's what we do that's you don't have, you don't have to think about it we've already told you this is the goal we say it to you all the time at 8:05 a.m or whatever it is they do colors everyone sings the national anthem together everyone stops like it's the system and the purpose is built into the system. You don't have to think about it. And then you leave and 
you go, okay, like, well, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Someone's supposed to tell me. And on top of that, carrying all the baggage with you, um, I, I don't want baggage to be like a derogatory or negative way, but they're carrying a lot of the emotional trauma, the mental trauma, the trauma of war. Physical like, trauma as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like the medical system isn't just handing out painkillers for a long time to overcome whatever's going on. So um, it was, it was a very, that single experience was not just life-changing in that I met somebody that can uh, put me on the shelves of Walmart and be a great uh, person. Um, but also like meeting those people, I don't think that they can be like that whole week can't be separated into buckets of, well, I interviewed these people and I went to this event and then I, I happened to meet this guy. It's all the same to me and that I needed those people in that room to level me, to be able to have that, to give the talk that I really believe is the right talk to that audience, um, different than the, I'm already a personal trainer talk um, and, and all that. Uh, it was, it was cool. How are the products that you created for Walmart different than the products that, that folks can get on your website? Cause I would imagine that there's gotta be some strategy in terms of the different people who would be going to your website versus going to Walmart, how to, yeah. how to appeal to them, but also like the actual physical product, how is it different? Um, so the, uh, the, we went through many product iterations in that we didn't know exactly what the goal was because when you're thinking about like we're opening in 20 stores i make no money 20 stores with margins that we cut right now there it's nothing break even's a great day um i'm, I'm excited for break even day because that means we're being successful mm -hmm. um the goal is to take those tiny margins and put them in 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 stores across the United States, and now our margins look phenomenal. Um, it's a it's a gigantic volume game, and it's not like a oh you're in Walmart this is great you're rich like not even close. Um, but when you're thinking about like what does the average Walmart shopper not just need but what are what are they where are they at in their fitness journey? And you're looking at somebody that is just starting. Um, maybe they've been at like a planet fitness or a 24 hour fitness for a couple years, but they're spinning their wheels looking for something. They're probably on Instagram looking at workouts for free. Um, they probably haven't really understood what a training program is in having a beginning testing period, a middle training session, and then an end testing session to actually prove that you're getting better at something. Um, and they've never probably actually experienced true progressions from movement complexity to, um, I mean, in our cardio program, we, we start people out at walking because we don't know exactly what if somebody comes to you and says they're, they're 20, 30 pounds overweight. And they're like, I want to increase my cardio. You go, well, running is probably not the answer why don't we just start with a 10 minute walk today tomorrow we go 12 and by the end of this we can run a mile what does that look like in six weeks if we can run a mile how awesome um and and then scaling all of those workouts so in case somebody is trying to go from um like i can run a mile but i want to increase that time and having all that be on the same program is a really complex scenario because mm -hmm. 
we're not dealing with like, I'm helping you increase your pull-ups. And I have a general idea that you've listened to Barbell Shrugged for two years. You've been in the gym. You understand CrossFit. You're trying to go from like three pull-ups to six. That's an easier problem for me to solve than what happens when we're in 2,000 stores and we've got one program a day being purchased. We don't really know who that person is. Mm. So you have, it's a really complex, the broader the problem, the more complex it is to write the program. And especially because we're, we're, we narrowed it down really to just the three highest level goals that people have. They want to lose fat. They want to increase their conditioning or they want to put on strength. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are really like the most basic goals that people come across in the gym. Um, and like I said, the more broad the goal, the harder it is to get there because there just isn't the metrics outside of like, did the scale go down? Like, mm-hmm. do you look leaner? Um, did you run the mile? Um, so it was hard. That was like a really challenging part of thinking about just how broad and specific it's like the broadest market you could possibly walk into. And at the same time, having to write a program specific to that person that, that, um, that like avatar that we feel is going to walk in there. And the, that's, that's kind of like the, the base level of all of it. And then, so our programs on barbellshark.com are a little bit more, they're a little easier to write because we know who our specific audience is that's going to come in and buy the programs. Mm -hmm. Um, They've typically been in the gym or in fitness a little bit longer. They're slightly more educated only, if only because they've listened to the show. Um, And, you know, from, from there, it's how do we get this program to be a complete program? And we wrote out our, our basic high level, like how, what is nutrition? What are macros? How do you find your macros? How do you figure out your activity level? How do you take that number and then divide that into the amount of protein that you should be having in a day? How do we make you understand that fats and carbs are somewhat interchangeable and you should just kind of like choose one that you like and not go crazy. And then from that macronutrient thing, like what does that look like in a meal? And then if you'd like to eat this meal, what do we go buy? Because there's a grocery store right next to where you're buying this program. Mm -hmm. And now I want you to be able to go and pay for this program, pull it up on your phone, walk over to the grocery store, buy your groceries, go home and make the recipes that are in the back of the book. And now you've got meal prep done for the week. And ideally we can start to build strategies so that you create habits. And in six weeks, ideally we can, we can, get you into the next barbell shrugged progression of this program so that you continue to be a, a client and, and part of our ecosystem um, and, and the education stuff that comes along with all of the other programs as well. Who developed, cause I, I got a sneak peek of some of these programs and I will be doing, by the way, probably some of the fat loss ones, because that's just going to help me like feel good after my emotional eating while I'm stuck in quarantine. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. I don't even care about being strong anymore. Yeah. Like as long as I can do a pull up ever in my life, like I'm fine. I don't, I'm not always there. Anything. I just yeah. want to like kind of hold it together. But anyway, um, but I look through the nutrition side of it. Cause obviously I'm very interested in that part. What was that? Did you like outsource, um, for people to do like recipe development? That was you. Okay. Oh, the recipes have been yeah. uh, in the shrugged recipe. Okay. There, we have like a 
many programs that have recipes as like a, a guide to that. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the, the like writing the actual nutrition section. Um, yeah. yeah, those, those recipes have been around for in, in, as a part of our programs for a while. So we didn't have to go back and like retest oh, recipes. Um, we just had kind of have like a, a handful of them that we know work and are a yeah. good starter kit for people. Yeah, they were good. Like a lot of them were, they were very like, again, sort of universally appealing, easy enough to do, but not like, you know, here's a recipe for ground beef in a bowl. Like there was more to it than that, which is great. Totally. But um, yeah, they were really good. So is there going to be a, a period of like testing and then feedback? Like how does, how does like the, now that it's launching, right? Like when this comes out, it'll probably be launching like the week that this podcast comes out. Yeah. Once it's out there in the world, then what are the next steps kind of tracking and paying attention to how it's doing? So the very first training program really that I ever did, uh, well, how about this? Uh, the very first training program that I ever chose to do, not the ones where like my dad or my high school strength coach was like, do that, go squat now, no, no options, um, was the Body for Life program. And what was so cool about Body for Life is that Bill Phillips wrote a book that was like 200 pages long and like nine chapters long. And the first chapter was basically like, this is what the human body is supposed to be capable of. You're supposed to be lean. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to have a nice physique because it just means you're not storing a bunch of fat. Everything is like basically what we have put together is chapter one. But in order for me to fill out the next eight chapters, I need people to go through it and I need to connect with them because I want to write their testimonials about how fitness has changed their life and how these programs have changed their life. So we've built in a structure to continually follow up with these people about where they're at in the journey over six weeks. Um, I love the body for life model in that um, stories are the reason people stick to it. And that's the reason, I mean, I, I joke about Billy Blanks, but how many times did you turn on an infomercial and you see people kickboxing in their living room and then they drop 30 pounds and everyone's like, I can kickbox in my living room. Mm -hmm. I can do that. And you go, well, I guess I got to go buy Tybo now. I guess I got to go karate chop with the wind. Let's get it. And what was, wait, what was the other guy, the guy with the long hair? Not Billy Blanks. What was the other guy? Was it Tybo? No, he was like, I don't know. He had like some, maybe he had like the, the cardio machine. Chuck I don't know Norris, what he did. Chuck Norris, no, he Chuck had a Norris long ponytail. A... You remember uh, this guy? I don't think I do. No, this guy with the long ponytail. I'm going to put it in the show notes. because <laughs> I have to do this. Everybody knows it. who I'm talking about. Okay. I'm sure. I'm... If I saw him, it would just all okay. come back to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's really how I want to be following up. I don't want to just be following up, but I want to hear these people's stories. Like I have been, I've, I have spent 24 years now in gyms and whether it was just me trying to get insanely strong for as strong as I could be, um, or helping other people be as strong as they possibly could be, or as fit as they possibly could be. And now I get to do some work on doing the most good that I can with fitness. And it doesn't mean that I'm like turning my back on being a strength coach, but I have, but there's a point when you're a strength coach or you do what we do where you're talking to the smartest people that are studying these tiny little pieces of fitness where you, you're, you're too far removed from being able to help somebody take step one. Yeah. And 
I'm very much looking forward to the challenge and very much looking forward to meeting the people because we can do the most good being in Walmart. I can do a lot of good and help a lot of people have a lot of fun and feel great about themselves through Barbell Shrugged and the programs and creating programs that like get them to a, a, a different new level of strength. But what about introducing strength to people is a problem I've never thought about tackling. And um, I think that like my unique characteristic that allows me to be able to do this is just my general love for lifting weights. And I just want everyone to be able to do it. And now I have this super cool opportunity to introduce weightlifting to people in a way where they only know how to love it. Mm-hmm. And that's really my goal. I don't want them to be like, oh, I have to go to the gym today. I can't, that will drive, I'll be like, no, 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 back up, stop. You yeah. didn't just say that, take that out of your brain. We get to go and it's gonna be the most fun. And when we go there, you're with your friends. And because you're with your friends, the gym is just a place of love. That's all it is. We just all go in and we just love each other and we're all just getting jacked. And yeah, there's some people over the corner doing weird stuff and look at those crazy monkeys over there flexing with their little That's weird cut off. Yeah. <laughs> muscle Maven's over there. She's got a podcast called the muscle Maven back up. Right. But look, even that person that you think is totally douchey and makes you feel insecure about who you are and the body you have. Trust me, if you went over there and you were like, Hey, I think you have a great body. And it'd be awesome. If you taught me how to like, can you just give me like one tip on pull-ups? That person would be totally, totally blown out of the water that you took the time to recognize their hard work. And they would totally help you get pull-ups. They would totally give you that knowledge, but it, it all, it all comes down to like, we have to walk into the gym fill it with a bunch of love and put out that vibe because then it all comes back to us in really good ways. And I feel like if I can give that to people, we can, we can do a lot of good. I want to do a lot of good with these programs. I love that. I love that. Jim is a place of love. And listen, if that can come from us two, who I think are not really known for being super woo-woo human beings, then that's legit. I think this is a good place to end, but I just want to like wrap up how much I love what you're saying, because it's something that I have really tried to do with the work that I'm doing and like how I'm progressing in my career is that it's great to work with high level athletes and it's great to work with um, people who are really doing elite special things, but 99% of the world is not that and so you can like you said you you can if you can focus on that 99% think about how much positive change you can make in the world and I also argue that when I talk about like lifestyle stuff like going for walks and eating real food and stuff like that that is what those elite people are doing too they're just doing these little tweaks at the end yeah that is the difference between being a great athlete and an elite performer but they're all taking care of their sleep and going for walks and like having friends and hanging out and having a good time like they're doing that stuff too so it's not that we're like settling for less because we're average people we're doing what what we're living life we're that's what it is right so i think that's so important yeah i think it's also like a where we are at in our lives that we're able to you kind of step back and you realize how much something has given to you and yeah you earned it but like yo lifting weights has done there's not a single thing in my life in at this particular moment that has not come because of lifting weights which is insane because Mm -hmm. it's really just a heavy piece of metal and 
some bumper plates that typically like get thrown on the ground and like it's crazy it's a trip you meet your significant other it's your job you meet your best friends you meet all the people through it and um i get to go meet a lot of new people that i never would have met with before and, and hear their stories and go do good i'm excited about it it's pretty amazing so can people uh, you said that it's on walmart.com. So if people aren't going to be wherever the 20 stores are that the initial launch, can they still go on and buy them that way anywhere? Yeah. So you can go to, if you're in stores in San Diego, uh, specifically Chula Vista, National City. Um, if you are in Palm Springs, we have multiple locations in Palm Springs. Um, there's one in Orange County. Uh, multiple in Los Angeles, and then all over Vegas. Um, we are in the performance nutrition section, literally right next to the protein. So go pick up your performance nutrition or performance protein right next to that will be Barbell Shrugged. And for everyone else in the world that is listening, um, you can go to walmart.com and search for Barbell Shrugged. And I would imagine the, the proteins or the, the programs will show up. I'm, we're still in pre-launch, so I don't have exact links and websites and, and all that stuff, but I can promise you that um, it will be there. Sweet. And I'm going to do some of the workouts and post about it and see how out of shape be I my, am. Yeah, you'll be the be first transformational story. I lost half a pound, but I feel <laughs> well, it's like the other day I posted this picture because before the gyms closed down for the second time where I am, I was like, I, I am at the point where like body weight squats are cardio now. And I'm like, I'm so out of shape. And of course, everyone's like responding. They're like, you look great. You look great. I'm like, I didn't say I didn't look great. I just said I'm yeah. out of shape. Those are two different things. That's another thing people don't get. You can look all right and be very out of shape. I love the, it's like, you're in great shape and you go well right now i'm not but that's only because i've never been out of shape it's true and it's all relative i've been in better shape yeah i'm typically just in shape and sometimes i'm in less good shape but i'm always in shape yeah yeah i'm like i still look cute don't get me wrong i just (laughs) can't i can't i can't lift heavy weights anymore i will still flex on you Anytime. I'm still still filling out these leggings. I just can't lift weights anymore. Anyway. We have a different scale. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's fine. That's fine. I need to come up with a a term for it because I'm not a mom. So because like, what's the, so there's diesel dad. What's the mom one? Like, are we calling it muscle mom? Like, what are we going to call it? Like fit moms. I've had That's got to be the next program. I've had moms hit me up on Instagram about uh, the the mom equivalent and i'm like i can't think that far yeah i don't know okay. what goes on in women's head i've been trying to figure that out for a long time yeah too, good luck don't don't I even know, venture down that road i know it's that dark. dad yeah, right it's all dark. i know is dads want to be jacked and they still want to be good dads yeah so i love gonna that stick there i'm excited all right andrews thank you so much uh thank you. for coming on and chatting remind everybody um it sounds silly to say this because of course everyone knows but remind people where they can go to find out more about the podcast and you and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Anders, you want me to just do my, my thing? Yep. Do it. Anders Varner at Anders Varner. Barbell Shrugged at Barbell underscore Shrugged. Mondays and Wednesdays on Barbell Shrugged on all the podcast outlets. And go to Walmart.com. Go buy one of these programs. Trust me. I'm not making that much money. I want you to go do this because I want to be in 2,000 stores. And I want to change people. And 
Um, they're $9.48. So if you bought four of them, you would still be less than uh, what you would be paying for a program at Barbell Shrugged. So um, come and hang out with us. We're doing really important work and we appreciate all the support and just put them in people's stockings. Um, yeah. Put them in their Thanksgiving stocking cornucopia yeah oh that's a good one um but that's um that's really important that we all kind of we we absolutely need like the strength in nutrition communities to come together to to make this happen because that's our our normal space and um how we're going to grow this thing is kind of leading from the front on this yeah uh best best outro in the game that brings back memories uh anders i'm gonna have to post in, in the show notes too my like the series that i did for shrug collective which was the first iteration of muscle maven radio because yeah. again thank you for for i still you know i'm so appreciative that you gave me that platform and it was so much fun and i honestly some of my favorite interviews that i've ever done um were you know with that show so i'm gonna repost awesome. that so people can check it out but that was uh, super fun we had so many co cool people come in yeah, we the really The problem did. was that we had too many cool people. Yeah, so many It was just cool so people. many loud, loud alphas in one room. A lot of meatheads. Um, like, people need a break from all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... We were, there was a lot of things that we could talk about in another one, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really happy we did it because we got to connect with so many cool people. And, like, there were moments when we were all together where I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, this is why we did this. Mm -hmm. Um. But I think you and I are both of the similar mindset of like, that was a, a thing that we did and that we tried yeah. got a lot out of it. And it, totally. we, we all were better because of it. So, yeah. you know, and again, like the whole, like, you're not getting rich from this uh, Walmart thing, like the same thing with my book, by the way, did you get your copy yet? I, I fully, okay. It's coming. Cause I fully expect okay. to see some liver recipes coming out of your uh, I, house. As soon as my wife sees it, we're, yeah. we're in. But I'm like, my you first did phenomenal on your photo shoot, by the way. Thank you. you yeah, crushed. I really pulled that out of somewhere. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, when I, I want people to buy this book because I feel passionately about it. Like my first royalty check is going to be like $48. Like it doesn't you don't get rich doing yeah. these things like you do if it because I, it yeah. matters. You know? I actually said it on a podcast, so I have no problem saying it out. But we make four dollars a program yeah. that only makes sense if you're in 2000 stores. Yeah. But yeah. we have to, if, if we, if we get to that place that we can get there, um, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, me too. All right, Anders. Thank you. Enjoy the thank rest you of so the much. Bye. All right. Have a good one. Okay. That's it for today. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end and listening and being with me as always. Thank you to Anders for taking the time to chat and have some laughs with me. Thank you to my show sponsor, Ancestral Supplements. Love them so much. Um, Grass-fed, desiccated organ meat. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, it's good for you. If you don't want to eat it, you might as well take it as a supplement. Um, I'm actually trying some new products from them. I'm trying to go through their entire list of offerings and they have everything like from beef organs to liver to heart to bone marrow to collagen to things like trachea and 
adrenal support and kidney and all of those things. So I've got a couple new um, products that I'm going to try and follow up and let you guys know how it's working for me. Um, but in the meantime, go check them out. Um, I've got a link in the show notes, but you can also just go to ancestralsupplements.com. Make sure you use the code MAVEN10 so that you get a discount. Just makes good sense. Um, and that's it. Join me next week. I'll have somebody else great for you as always, I guess, crushing it. Um, and reach out to me on social media at the muscle maven, send me an email, sign up for my newsletter, uh, on my website at ashleyvanhouten.com. Let's connect. Talk to me. Tell me what's up. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help. Um, and your feedback means a lot. So thank you as always have an awesome day.